welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 41st episode in a weekly series called Salivation. Last week's episode was a discussion with Valkyrie and Pixel from Ubisoft's professional gaming team, The Fragdolls, about Star Wars The Old Republic beta, the Diablo 3 beta, and being part of a team. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Sunday, November 6th, and today I speak with our game developer student, Dragonitis, from Quantum College. Hello, Dragonitis. Hello. 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 Before we review, let's do some news of the week. So let's see what you have to say about these. News of the week. Angry Birds, the popular app game, has hit 500 million downloads this week. Congrats to them, and here are some other interesting Angry Birds stats. They are number one in 79 countries. They have 266 billion levels played, 400 billion birds shot, 44 billion stars collected, and the equivalent of 200,000 years played. Does it make you sad? <laughs> a, a little bit, a little bit. Two hundred thousand years of someone's life, not individually, obviously, but that's a lot of years. Uh, like the whole planet. <laughs> Think of the age of our planet. Oh God, that, that's that's really sad. It is it's really like sad. Got, it's like we've got nothing else to do. It's just like oh, we're just gonna fire birds at a slingshot to I kill can- pigs, no less. I could have stopped hunger in Africa, but no, I had to kill 400 billion birds <laughs> instead. <laughs> Take this, green pigs! <laughs> yeah, worthwhile things to do with your life. But 200,000 year war on green pigs. <laughs> Someday the pigs will retaliate. <laughs> the pigs, all we've ever known is war <laughs> against the birds. <laughs> nice. EA's origin service has come under some pressure in Germany. Apparently, there's a number of unconfirmed analysis seeming to show that the program may have access data uh, using external programs to do that. And there are some rumors about licensing. The licensing might not be legal under German law there. So German retailers have taken an unusual step of offering to refund Battlefield 3 costs, even after keys have been redeemed and registered. And Eurogamer reported that EA Germany issued this statement. We have updated the end-user license agreement of Origin in the interests of our players to create more clarity. Origin is not spyware. Neither do we use or install spyware on the PCs of users. Honestly, I think uh, EA and, and, and Steam Valve need to kiss and make up because <laughs> <laughs> the, or, the, the Origin thing is just crap. Yeah. <laughs> It really is. I mean, I have friends. I don't play Battlefield myself, but um, I'm sort of tempted to pick it up. But the, the the whole thing is that I've got to go out and make another account so I can download EA games. No, I'm all right, thanks. <laughs> um, but there were like long wait times for patches and, and the whole like. Um, if I remember correctly, one of my friends got Battlefield Three, installed it, but it was like there was some 
ambiguous, you know, it was pretty ambiguous when it was saying, you know, downloading game and it was installing off the CD or some rubbish, and then there was, like, another 500 meg patch after that. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, Steam, you're doing it right, Origin, you're doing it wrong. Well, people always complain about the fact that if you buy a a CD, then you go to install it. They've already patched it so thoroughly because they sent it out before they should have, and it takes, you know, hours and hours and hours to update to the, the current version of the game, which should have been the one that was on the disc for you, so people don't ever like that. Mm. I think um, uh, Space Marine did it right. Um, I, when I got Space Marine, it required me to install into Steam, but it installed straight into Steam. It didn't say, oh, now you've got a patch for about three hours, go and have a cappuccino or something. <laughs> yeah, I know you've uh, ripped the box open and you've been really excited, but you can just wait. Yeah, go go shower, go sleep for 12 hours, we, we'll be ready then. <laughs> yeah. Sit here, watch the bar move slowly across the screen as you get more and more frustrated. Good, good, good assignments? No, just watch the bar. <laughs> Look, it changes colors. <laughs> Whoa, it's just turned red. Microsoft has announced that the Kinect will officially be coming to Windows early next year. Now... I haven't researched that thoroughly. I've only pretty much seen that statement on it. And that got me very excited because you know that I love the PC and more than the consoles. And, and that's really kind of my platform of choice. And how in the world can, can you imagine? Not that there's not enough gesturing when you're playing now, but the Kinect will be right there with your PC. So you, <laughs> I how, can imagine. How, how awkward if you're watching porn. <laughs> we won't get there. We, we won't. That's, that's, a, that's a whole kettle of fish right there by itself. <laughs> Porn users don't need Connect. They have their <laughs> No, I mean, I, I, I like, I guess it's, you know, it's still early days um, on this, but I, I don't know why you would release Connect on PC when, you know, the Connect on Xbox 360 still isn't that good. Like, okay, yeah, it's kind of revolutionary how you can move around and jump around and it all translates into the xbox but at the same time it's there's there's a delay there um technically speaking you know you do your action it takes a little bit of time to say oh you know they've done this translate it to game blah 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 happens on screen mm-hmm. um when they were doing the demos for connect uh i think it was like a couple of years ago before it was released um Oh, was it last year it was released? I don't even know now. Um, you know, they they showed off this, you know, it was almost like instantaneous reaction, and we don't quite have that yet. So how that will work with PC, we'll have to wait and see. Well, you have to consider that people are sitting, you know, in a chair, obviously, when they're in front of their PC. So you're only going to be dealing with their upper half for the Kinect. And to me, it seems like it's almost a replacement for a touchscreen. You know, you can imagine it being useful if you wanted to imagine the old school, you've got a glove on and you want to move things around, you know, by putting your hands up and, and shifting, you know, things on the screen without actually touching your screen. I can see it being useful in that way, but I don't know. I mean, can you really shoot a gun comfortably if you're sitting very still? You know, can you really do some of the things that you would that you do do when you're standing where your 360 connect is, you know, and moving your whole body. I mean, it makes sense for a dancing 
game or something that you're using your whole physicality for and just being mm. able to move your hands i don't see how useful that will be necessarily i think i think in the in the long run that sort of makes it redundant on the on the xbox 360 if you're going to connect it up to your pc um as much as i love it, the idea that it's come to the pc <laughs> it, it, it kind of it feels like it's we're sort of not getting the sales we need for Connect. We should throw it onto PC so PC users can use it. No, I'm right, thanks. I'll stick to my mouse and keyboard. <laughs> yeah, well, the premise is you have to be moving to use the Connect, and if you're sitting at your <sighs> moving. PC, so much. Uh, I don't have the energy to move. <laughs> yes, well, we'll see. All right. European players of the game Mythos say their goodbyes last week as it prepared to shut down and by this point has shut down. The end of October was its last days. And in a nice gesture from Frogster, in order to make the game's twilight hours more enjoyable for players, the dev team sent missing quest items to all players so they could go back to the great beyond with a clean quest log and all servers had the maximum experience and luck buffs enabled. And players whose accounts have been registered and active for the past three months were also given vouchers, which they could redeem for mounts or various diamonds and other things that they can use in a new game called Runes of Magic, which is by the same uh, publisher, in hopes that they will find a new home there. That was nice. Interesting. That is nice. It's nice when devs do something for their client base. Yes. And Skyrim, which very excited for, and we will Hooray! talk about soon. Yes. Skyrim! Yay! <laughs> will release this week on the 11th, as well as another popular title, uh, which I would like to discuss with you also, called The Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, which releases Hooray! November 20th. Yes. Yes. So, before we get to those more detailed, what is your news of the week? My news of the week? Um... Mmm, don't really have any news for that thing. Um, <laughs> You're like, nothing, nothing has happened. No, no, nothing, ha! Huh. Um, I did hear some news in regards to uh, Steve Jobs getting uh, an award for gaming. Oh, what was that? Uh, yeah, he got acknowledged as being the biggest influence on gaming. However, that's caused a bit of a, an uproar in the gaming society because they feel people like... Uh, you know, the the founder of Nintendo or Miyamoto or any yeah, my, you know <laughs> the the founders of Atari even aren't getting recognised. Um, okay, I'm know, not sure how it how Apple. It's because they've got the you know mobile gaming basically. They've they've pr provided a platform for mo mobile gaming to sort of expand on, and I mean, as much as as much as I I sort of I can see where they're coming coming from and saying, well, because casual gaming is getting really big now, like, everybody is a casual gamer. My grandmother is a casual gra gamer. <laughs> Angry Birds. No, 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 Wii. Ah, okay. Nintendo Wii. She lo I think she loves the archery one, to be honest, which scares me a little bit. <laughs> um, but, you know, we've got these mobile platforms now, like your, your iPod or, you know, your iPhone or the Android, um, iPad, um, the Windows 7 phone. Blackberry, even you know, all, there are all these games coming out on these on these platforms, um, touchscreen platforms, um, and I th I think it sort of all really began with sort of Steve Jobs getting and marketing this sort of cheap, affordable iPhone. Like, yeah, there were PDAs around years ago, but he's getting a, he's getting this acknowledge a, acknowledgement as like the biggest influence on gaming, and I think I can agree with that 
to some to, to some degree, but on the other hand, I don't think it's proper. Mm. Or like there there are other people that have done so much more for gaming in the last couple of years than than anybody else, you know, than than Steve Jobs, you know, God rest his soul. But it seems like there's no. kind of a distinction from serious see the air quotes serious gaming versus casual gaming as you're saying i mean many people play uh some of the social games like farmville mafia wars that sort of thing a lot of people play app games um but then there's sort of that is one kind of style of gaming versus the longer uh rpgs or you know the old muds and things like that and that kind of has a sort of other set of gaming and those are the things that have been around for a really long time that you know now everybody else is kind of jumping on the more social side of gaming platform and and kind of the world is all full of gamers now and and i can see that apple has influenced like you said the more casual gamers and and i have to say my first computer was an atari st anciently ago and it had a game on it which is a mod called amazon and that was my first game i ever played as a kid so they have gaming and had gaming um when computers kind of first really hit the public eye i guess mm-hmm. and then apple kind of lost its gaming edge and when windows took off and all that but i guess now that they're getting it back everyone feels like they have to honor honor the casual side influence of steve jobs and i can see that he really has made it i, th- I guess more accessible to to everyone there's something for everyone now in gaming I would probably take the title and, and make it a little bit more specific. I think he'd be the biggest influence on casual gaming um, to this day because of what he's given or what he's been able to market to the to, to us, the public, in regards to you know iPhones and you know all that sort of gadgetry, which allows us to play games um, wherever we go on the bus, on the train, on the ferry, scuba diving, um, <laughs> air diving. Um, parachuting um, in a war zone. Going you know, to the bathroom. Going to the bathroom. <laughs> um, although I don't do that myself because I don't have a smartphone because I'm I am the one percent. Um, you know, I don't have a smartphone either. In, in bed, in hospital, all those sorts of locations where we couldn't really take a gaming console before, we can now because we've got this, you know, iPod or iPhone or, or iPad. That is basically an, another gaming console. Um, so I guess, again, I would say, you know, biggest influence on casual gaming um, and all for him for that. It's not because he's dead, um, you know, not because I'm taking sympathy on the man. But, you know, I think he has had a, a quite a big influence on casual gaming, but not so much on the on the hardcore AAA or quadruple A market, as we're calling it now. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, let's do a little bit of news of the week here, which not a whole lot going on. Um, you can tell them about our Minecraft forays, which I finally jumped on the bandwagon, ancient bandwagon that it is, finally creaking along the tracks for me for Minecraft, and uh, managed to get on a server that you were sharing with me very kindly, and now building a village. <laughs> the village yes. of Dragonitis. Yes, um... Well, for those of you who listen to D4, I've set up a D4 craft server, I guess you could say. Um, and Genesee and I are building a village, and we could probably put the details of um, the, the you know the server up on the internet or something somewhere for people to connect into. Yeah, if anyone's interested, they should definitely email me, and uh, and we can have. <laughs> 
That'd be fun. A, a that would be fun. Server. Yes. But you know, teaching teaching our good friend Genesee Gray here how to use Minecraft. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> I haven't oh my lit God. myself on fire or my house is all I have to say. Dragonite is Look, it's it it is the mark of a good Minecraftian to set your house on fire. <laughs> Let me Lovely. let me help you out. Let me just log on to Minecraft now and set your house on fire. <laughs> I think the best part is the avatar. The yeah. avatar with all the animals stuck in the bottom of the pit to where I just jump down and kill them when I'm hungry. Yeah, you're you're a, you're a horrible person. <laughs> first first thing you do when you log into the game is dig a pit to trap animals so you can kill them and eat them. <laughs> hey, there are some basics, you know, fire, food, shelter. Well, you're still working on the shelter. Yeah, so still working far. on the shelter. That's With your you know, uneven walls and glass mm -hmm. everywhere. You're going to hurt me when you wait a couple of weeks and the episode of D4 that we recorded on Friday comes out. You know why? Why? Because remember we were having all that trouble in Skype and everybody kept dropping in and out and I kept saying, it, it keeps telling me that the call is unstable and I was recording it. When yeah. I went back to listen, the first half hour of our episode is gone. No. Oh, it's gone. All that no. all that role play, all of that, it's gone. No. I'm sorry. Gone. <laughs> gone. I know. I'm very sorry. I'll make it better. You better. But it's gone. Or I'll burn your house down in Minecraft. <laughs> I know you can. You can do that I now. Can. I can now, do that now. Thank you for the tip because now I will build with stone. <laughs> Won't stop me. <laughs> I'll blow it up with TNT. <sighs> okay, it's, that's a problem <laughs> when you have a the mod. Yes. All right, on to Zelda, uh, the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword. This is apparently the prequel to Ocarina of Time, and in this story, it occurs with Link and Zelda as childhood friends. She's not yet a princess, and it introduces the character of, of Ganondorf, who we already had in Octarina. Is that how you say that? <laughs> Ganondorf. 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 It's Ganondorf. I'll forgive you. you know, because I like Ganondorf it, better. <laughs> Ganondorf. Oh, you're an idiot, Ganondorf. Shut up. <laughs> Zelda. It's Link. Shut up. Well, they're friends and not, not royalty, so maybe that's what their casual names for him are. Ganondorf. Ganondorf. He's he's the kid that they picked on at school. Link was the <laughs> Link was the popular kid. That's right. Who's doing Ganondorf? Who's going? Give me your lunch money, Ganondorf. <laughs> and that's why he's so angry. And that's why he becomes a super evil villain. <laughs> yeah, super that's evil wizard. <laughs> Apparently, some changes uh, in this game as far as gameplay. Uh, the controls have been revised. Swordplay is based on the Wii motion peripheral, which basically means that um, you are going to swing your arm like you have a sword. And the thing about the sword in this one is they're kind of indicating and hinting that perhaps the sword you have is the master sword, and the sword turns into a woman. So you still have the whole character, um, kind of like you had in Twilight Princess, um, where you had... Uh, the the twilight little imp no, midna 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 yeah so yeah, kind of like I've for got... midnight it was like their their play on that midna I'm I'm down with the jazz and stuff <laughs> crazy kids 
crazy kids. Like, yes. I remember back in the day when I played Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, and then I obviously got it on 3DS. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't wait to get this game, but I'm having trouble remembering all the names of the people. Like, <laughs> there's the, the lion boat, and then there's... Is it Twiddle? Tindle? Tingle? <laughs> the imp I'm not thingy? I'm you with that. <laughs> uh, but there's a mechanical flying beetle in this one. And you have a whip now. Uh, let's see, your usual slingshot bomb, bow, all that. But this is all... Link's growing up. I... <laughs> Wh- whip up. He's growing up. He's gathered a whip. Hey, Zelda, come over. <laughs> we'll check out my whip. Let me show you my handcuffs and whip. <laughs> <laughs> but... You have a stamina meter now in this one that allows you to sprint and run, and you can run out of stamina, which you couldn't before. So, we won't. Hopefully, that. it only applies to sprinting and not running because I do a lot of running, and if I if I can't run, it says running I'm up not... walls. So maybe specific oh, okay. for only so running up walls. So like parkour, basically. It's like Assassin's Creed meets Legend of Zelda. <laughs> a lot more on the Zelda side than the Assassin's Creed side. I mean, he's too cute and like not at all. Scary. Okay. Yes, that takes gaps in the words. <laughs> anyway, Stardate, twenty-four nine seven. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, also when you drink your health potions in this, it doesn't stop the gameplay, which was very annoying before. So you don't have to stop and go. Maybe every time you find a key, I don't know. They don't say that about the keys, but that was very annoying too. No, son. It was it was suitably epic. Every time I drank a potion, I was like, "Yes, I am <laughs> drinking a potion." Soup. No, I don't want to stop the, the play every time I eat a piece of bread or soup and make it like. No, I just want to keep playing. So, going further on that, I guess. Well, looking here, Game Informer has given Skyward Sword a ten out of ten. This is apparently the best Zelda game ever made. Now that's that's pretty bold to say for something that isn't even released yet, but that's what they're saying. Um, I'm sort of curious as to how they can give it. Uh, well, maybe they've already played it. I don't know, but um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, because you know, uh, Miyamoto said so, and that's why. Because he said so. Nintendo just sort of slid them across a metal suitcase filled with money and said, you know what to do. <laughs> Perhaps. I'm sure that there are beta testers, and they did have this uh, at E3, a uh, nice 11-minute demonstration on it, which uh, unfortunately was not translated from uh, the Japanese, so I could only watch him gesture with his sword and shield and assume what he was saying. See, that's, um, this is, I think, what I'm really looking forward to. Um you know, the the whole sort of unique type. You actually get to use your shield now, which is kind of cool. I mean, I didn't really get to play Twilight Princess. That was the one Zelda game that I never, ever bought, uh, and I really want to. It's very I good. really Because I really like the gritty, dark feel to it. Like, it was a little bit more Zelda goes, um, you know, MA15+. plus. <laughs> Zelda After Dark. <laughs> no. <laughs> Min- Min- so, Minna was so. a little bit scary and creepy. I mean, she kind of was. A little bit kinky. <laughs> Not really, no. Are you sure? <laughs> You're pretty sure. I mean, riding on the back of a neck of a boy that's actually a wolf. <laughs> no clothes, either. Well. Just saying. If you choose <laughs> to look at it in that way. She, anyway. She bossed him around a lot, let's just say that. Yeah, so anyway, um, looking at this article here on legendzelda.net, um, 
there is you know a little bit of a, a thing talking about Game Informer giving Skyward Sword a ten out of ten. Um, they say that it was given the highest praise that the highest praise was given because of the motion controls. It felt really polished, which is which is good to hear because there are many many Wii games where the controller sort of controller controls, I guess. Um, they they feel really sluggish and and slow. Mm-hmm. Even in Twilight Princess, it was a little bit difficult. You had to stab and slash, and it wasn't always as responsive as, as you would have liked. So I, I'm assuming that you must buy the sword and shield controllers, which are kind of inherent to this game, or can you do it without them? I, I think you can do. It. I think you can do it with the nunchuck and uh, controller. The, okay. The way stick or whatever they call it these days. So it's just like for pretty to have the shield and, and sword, just to be like. The man. I think so. To 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 walk around the streets with a sword and shield. Okay. Wee Wiimote and go. Hey, check it out. I'll beat you up with my Wiimote. <laughs> Perhaps that's why. But I think they are neat looking. I mean, I've made enough uh, plastic <laughs> Zelda shields for every single like cosplay event that everyone goes. I want a Zelda shield. So now at least everyone could just go. Go pick up your Wii one. Stop bugging me. <laughs> also, I've noticed looking at some screenshots here, they've actually decided to keep the new look of Zelda, or not Zelda, Link, I should say. Yes. That is the biggest mistake I've ever made, and I apologize wholeheartedly. I never make that mistake. Link has his new look, the the chainmail armor. He's no longer wearing tights, um, which is, oh, thank God. <laughs> which well, he's happy. <laughs> he's I, happy. I'm happy. I'm happy. I am very happy because, quite frankly, everyone was like, Hey, how good is that game with the chick that's got the sword and shield? You know, Legend of Zelda, where you play as Zelda. It's like, no. <laughs> no, it's like Mario, where you have to always save the princess. Poor Link always has to save Zelda in some way. And I believe she gets captured in this one. That's the whole point of the game. You're after her again. But this time, at least he can do it without wearing tights. I guess. I, I'm, I'm happy about that. Good for him. Yes. All right. Now, before we get to Skyrim... A couple things. Uh, last week, I was talking to the Frag Dolls, who were lovely and amazing, and I know you hate me for not having you on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we were talking about the Australian classification uh, being delayed a bit, and I was wondering if there was any fallout uh, among the populace that you have your hand mm-hmm. on, the, on the wrist of. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the biggest thing is that... Um, I think there's a lot of disappointment um, in in gamers, but I guess it was sort of inherently known that we're going to have to wait a little while before they go through all the rigmarole of setting it up and then introducing it into the into the scheme and you know doing what government types do and and delay some more. <laughs> um, government types do as they do, um, but you know I guess there there hasn't been too much of a backlash. I think it. I think it's mostly just disappointment that we're not getting it sooner and, you know, we do have to wait four years or whatever it is to 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 get our R rating. So, you know, no Resident Evil for us, like you said, last week. Yeah, that doesn't that seem excessive to you? I mean, I understand it takes some time to implement a new system, but four years? Yeah, I I don't know. I think they're taking their time, but, you know, there are, there are more important things going on, you know, global financial crises and, you know, wars and the whole bit sort of put into perspective. It's not 
such a big deal but you know at the same time it is quite a hindrance on on the game industry and you know at the moment the game industry is kind of struggling in australia we're losing studios by day um you know we've had a couple more studios in melbourne closed down which is sad um so you know and because of this whole global crisis what's a majigger that's going on you can tell that i listen to the news right majigger uh, it was technical yeah it was quite technical um you know it seems like uh, the uk is no longer the place to go to to get jobs so everyone go to canada that's where they all Every- are going yes healthcare and, and polar gaming. bears gaming and healthcare it's paradise there paradise you know, polar bears drinking maple syrup, playing video games. What more could you want? With free healthcare! Oh my god! <laughs> yes. Yay, Canada. Give us yes. back our joy. <laughs> Never! Canada! It's mine! Okay, so, moving on. Um, yes. yeah, there's a little, there was a little bit of fallout. Nothing, nothing major. It was, it was kind of expected, given how much the government doesn't really want to fund gaming. You get reports all the time how people are saying that gaming is is bad for children and violence and angry stuff about things. I am going to just give you two snaps for that because you lead right into something I was going to talk about. An article that I'd like your opinion on, which just came out uh, at the beginning of November. And I don't know who wrote it because it doesn't say. So I'm just going to read it and rip them off. Sorry, person who wrote it who didn't sign your work. (laughs) It's from GamePolitics.com, and it says, Girls and boys who play video games are more creative, according to a new research conducted at the Michigan State University. And skipping down, it says, The MSU study surveyed 491 middle school students, which are 12 years old on average. Uh, Researchers found that the kids played video games the more creative they were in the tasks such as drawing pictures and crafting stories. When use of cell phones, the internet, and computers came into play, the activities were found to be unrelated to creativity, but only gaming is, apparently. And this survey was part of MSU's Children and Technology Project, which is funded by the National Science Foundation, and it assessed how often the students use different forms of technology and gauge their level of creativity with a torrent test of creativity figural. And the study found that boys played video games more than girls, boys favored games that included violence and sports, while girls favored games including interaction with others, human or non-human. Regardless of the gender, though, race, or type of game played, greater video game playing was the only technology that appeared to be associated with greater creativity. And it also did say, if I can find in here, that uh, it didn't matter the violence... uh, yeah, it does, according to the researchers, it doesn't matter whether these video games are violent in nature, it still fosters the creativity. So I wonder if the, this uh, study, which is the only one that's conclusively proven this, will be used to kind of combat that stereotype of, which I personally don't know how I feel one way or the other. I mean, I've discussed this with many developers about, you know, parental responsibility and things like that. But at least you have some evidence here, solid evidence that, Video gaming does foster creativity and that the violence does not stop the creativity, whether it fosters uh, violence in real life or not is a complete different issue. But I thought this was kind of an interesting study. What do you think? Yeah, well, you, you know my thoughts on, on what I think about um, you know, yes. the, the R rating, how I believe it is a parental uh, responsibility to what they expose their children to, whether that be R-rated movies, M-rated games or, you know, the like, you know, I... Me as a 
if I were a parent, I would not be giving my 12-year-old child um, a GTA 5, for example, <laughs> um, which is coming out. Um, however, you know, I, I do firmly believe that gaming is good. It, I believe that, you know, it, it promotes in children um, better organizational skills, you know, better, so, better social skills um, for those more social games like uh, MMOs, you well, know. It definitely makes them more observant, you would think. Um, oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, they've got to be aware of what's going on around them, um, or otherwise they're not going to do very well in the game. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think that gaming has many benefits, um, to, to, to children. Um, I know that my little cousins who are aged five and six, um, they, they play games. They play Tony Hawks. And because of that, they actually, in, in real life, they do skateboarding as well. And it's it sort of, I don't want to say it makes them better at it, but they're mm-hmm. more aware of what they need to do. So balancing and um, and that and that whole thing. So I think I mean it's it's very beneficial depending on what you show your kids. Um, very true. I think but, gaming can be inspirational in that way. Like you're saying, they're already interested in skateboarding. Uh, they kind of play this game, which fosters that interest, and then they go out and they do you know real life skateboarding because they've kind of been exposed to that through the game which is a very useful thing i mean for me that's something that's kind of influenced me as well i mean i've played world of warcraft on it again everyone knows i always play a rogue and it got very frustrating to me after a while that my in-game character my avatar has all these amazing awesome skills uh, and daggers and all this martial arts training and everything else and and i'm sitting here like in a chair you know so that kind of inspired me to go out and you know take martial arts and be able to do some of those things myself so that I'd like to, you know, level up myself at the same time I'm leveling up my character. So I think that was kind of an inspiration for me to do that and and obviously other people too. Hmm. So, you know, I, I mean, there, don't get me wrong, there are people that, that don't know how to moderate. And moderation is an entire part of, you know, gaming. You need to know when enough is enough, when you need to go out and you know, get some fresh air or whatever. Like today I went out and I, instead of playing Minecraft with you this morning, I went out and I, you know, did my chores. I went and got bread and <laughs> ran around and... The things to do while you're playing Minecraft, eat, you know. You know, the, I did crazy, crazy things in this stupid, stupid weather. Um, for those that don't know, because I'm Australian, it's summer here and it's still not summer. It's actually spring, but it's it's been raining recently and it's quite hot and... There, yeah, no fan, <laughs> sweaty. <laughs> you can't complain to people that are in the midst of entering the stage of winter about your hot, shining sun. Stop. It's not hot or shiny. It's horrible and filled with lava and it's crap. <laughs> I hate it. Um, <laughs> but you know the whole thing is is that you know moderation is is part of of gaming and um. You know, there are definitely those people that, that don't understand that concept and, you know, sit there and they, they aren't motivated to do those things. But, you know, that you're looking at, at older generations, um, people that, that, you know, maybe aren't so mobile or, you know, just don't have anything to live for. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, there are people like that out there. It's uh, true. It's true. I think, know, like you're saying, I mean, there's a certain generation that, it's the first kind of gaming uh, generation, if you want to say. And for them, I think it was more like 
wow, this is an amazing thing we've never seen before. Let's glut upon it until we can't, you know, move. And then we'll kind of work ourselves into moderation. And I think for, you know, the generation that's younger than me and, and the new, you know, kids that are kind of entering teenagehood, they've grown up with this and it's just normal. And they have all these, uh, you know, mobile platforms and everything else that it's just something that they're used to more, I think. And it's less of a, wow, that's amazing. Let's just, you know, overindulge in it. I think it's just kind of something that it might be easier for, for a younger generation to kind of balance in their lives and, and see that we're all the older generation that can uh, avoid some of the pitfalls perhaps by seeing, seeing people get a little bit too, uh, unbalanced in their lives, shall we say? Mm. I think, to be honest, um, you know, I, games are, are very beneficial, um, Overall, I believe that you know, I, and I've, I don't have to believe these things because I'm, uh, you know, a developer now. I've, I've nearly graduated, and I'm actually working on my first game um, by myself. But you know, I think that that they're they're quite beneficial. That people um, want to look at these games. Um, for example, Skyrim, um, and they, you know, sort of. For example, using the, the the example of Skyrim, want to go out and they want to you know see the world and and just by exploring this in-game world, which um, you know again sort of bleeding into Skyrim is sixteen miles square. Um, <laughs> it's huge, the world, which we'll get into shortly. But you know, just that immenseness of of an in-game world sort of I know, I know it does for me makes me want to go and and see the world i want to go to the states I want to go to the uk canada germany europe you know antarctica mm-hmm. and and see those things so i i think they're very very beneficial they they stir they stir feelings um or they promote feelings in in children that sort of have been lacking in in, in previous generations you Which just want to go play in the mountains of snow. I totally do. <laughs> okay, and before we get too into the details of Skyrim, which I know you and I are both really interested in talking about, let's hear from our friend Alan with Tech Talk, who has a little more information about the more technical side of Skyrim and some DLC info. So let's uh, hear from Alan. Welcome to another episode of Tech Talk. Once again, I'd like to thank my friend, Genesee Gray, for allowing me to be here this week. This week on Tech Talk, I will be talking about the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim DLC content. Tech Talk and News of the Week. Good news for those folks that are waiting for, and please don't send a lynch mob after me for saying this name wrong, please. Bethesda's long-awaited release, the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Bethesda has confirmed that DLC content will be available for the game, and to quote Todd Howard, Skyrim's director and producer, Very quick DLC might sell well, but that is not our priority. We're not going to be doing a lot of it. Our high-level think is there will not be as many, but they'll be bigger and more substantial. The goal overall is not necessarily to put up more content, but to make the game better. It is confirmed that DLC content will come a while after launch, and not right after the release of Skyrim. We'll start hitting on everything after vacation. We'll take a break, see what the consumers think of the game, then see which direction we want to go in. So, that means more than likely no more $3 for cosmetic horse armor crap. 
I never played the console releases of Oblivion, and I'm not that much of a console gamer anymore, so don't lynch me for this either, guys. But overall, it sounds like good news in my book. I would also like to let our listeners know that today is Patch Tuesday, and to please use Windows Update or whatever mechanism you use to update your software and make the lives of system admins out there a little easier. Here is also what happened in tech recently. The Department of Defense is looking into a way to have documents phone home when they are opened and to use this potential technology to point out spies and information leakers. Researchers have found vulnerabilities inside industrial control systems inside prisons that can remotely open cell doors, shut down lines of communication, and cause other very, very bad things to happen. And the kicker of it all? It was only done on 2500 bucks. A research group at Stanford is building a new project called RamCloud, and is planning to use this research prototype to use RAM across servers or large clusters of servers as the primary system storage, and use hard disks and solid-state drives only for backup purposes. It looks like my time is up for Tech Talk this week. Back to you, Genesee. A big thank you to Alan. We'll be sure to lynch him later. Okay, and on to Skyrim. Uh, this story occurs 200 years after Oblivion, and it's in the land of Skyrim. There's a civil war. Uh, apparently the king's been assassinated, and it's an open-world gameplay, part of the Elder Scrolls series. Uh, I was playing Oblivion, which you know, and never did manage to finish it, but it seems like the kind of game that I've heard from people that really doesn't ever end. You can keep playing. So we'll see uh, if Skyrim ends up being that kind of thing as well, or if it's very quest-driven. Uh, I don't know a whole lot about it other than the footage I've seen, which the world seems completely amazing. The detail in it is just, wow, crazy. And I like the fact that your character doesn't start out having to be uh, classified immediately. You know, you have a lot of options uh, throughout as you move through the game. You can choose to become either a magic user, you can you can be strictly fighter, you can combine the two, you can go through and, and kind of talent yourself along the way. So why don't you tell us uh, a little bit about Skyrim and then we'll go back to that. Okay, so a couple of statistics. Um, There's roughly, I think, over 100 hours worth of content in the game um, by itself. Um, The the world itself, uh, which is created with um, Bethesda's new engine called the Creation Engine, is roughly 16 square miles, which is massive for an open world game. It's... um, like the Oblivion series, it's basically what you see. You can actually move towards and climb. Um, you know, I've only recently picked up Oblivion again, like, uh, like you know. And what can I say? It's the from the videos that I've seen and the research that I've done on Skyrim. It is um, one of the most beautiful looking games that I've seen to date. You know, it's just got this immenseness and um, immersion that I don't think we'll find in another game coming out this year the realism is just crazy crazy amazing and i like the fact that in this game uh it's kind of built more towards the fallout 3 side where in oblivion you could wander around and suddenly find yourself in a land that was you know 20 levels higher than you were and that was kind of surprising and bad (laughs) in some ways uh and this is a little bit more like like fallout where there's level differences in the zones, but they're not as vast, and and you won't get yourself into as much trouble wandering freely through the world uh, as you could have in Oblivion. So you don't have to be quite as, as nervous about uh, exploration, shall we say, in this, which is nice. Yeah, so I, I must say the first thing that sort of 
um, having after having not played Oblivion for a very very long time, um, coming back into it and you know starting my character up again, wandering out of the dungeon and coming into the into the world, only to get attacked by three bandits and a conjurer, and then actually losing half my stats in the Ooh. first like five minutes. I was a little bit like, I don't want to play this game anymore. They're all mean. <laughs> Even the crabs are attacking me. Yes, yes. Oblivion is very, uh, for someone who's used to some of the MMOs now where it's like, look, there's a flashing question mark and there's an exclamation point. I mean, Oblivion does not give you any sort of hint on what they want you to do. They pretty much just say, okay, whatever you feel like doing, here's the world, walk, and you can walk forever. And they don't really tell you what to do. So this, <laughs> hopefully this is a little bit more directive and has a little bit more request line that's easier to follow. Uh, I do like the fact that it actually has dragons in it and they are well done, I should say. Um, yes. It begins with you're an unknown prisoner on on the way to your execution, and uh, your character is about to be beheaded. A dragon comes, destroying the town where your execution is taking place, and that is the first beginning bit of it. I must say that the Bethesda really do like their prisoner starting. <laughs> yes, they do. Because <laughs> Oblivion was the same way. You were in a prison, and then the Emperor decides to come and take a stroll through your through your cell. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fate. He's so this trusting. He's just like, you must be the one. Like, the one? Yeah, I'm the one. Yeah. And the way to the the dungeons is right through your, uh, the way to the cellar is right through your dungeon. Amazing. What would happen if, say, yeah, they're like, the gods are very trusting. They're like, prisoner, stay here. I'm like, you're not going to (laughs) happen. No. Yeah, guard the king while we while we fight these uh, bandits. Really, you're gonna leave me alone with the king? And then he uh, dies, and then you're uh, like, yeah, it's just like I entrust you with this very expensive and very powerful amulet. It's just like, really, uh, really. <laughs> See, I was that part until you got out of the dungeon, and then you were like loose in the middle of the world, and I said, what? Where do I go? I'm lost. It's sort of like the Shawshank Redemption. Like, you're so institutionalized now. It's just like, I've got nothing to live for. <laughs> Where's my box? Where's my tree? I need a shovel. <laughs> Was Morrowind that way? Because I have that game, but I- I've never played it. And that's more of a Tensian game. Did Morrowind um, start with you in a dungeon as well? I I don't know. I I can't remember, to be honest. But I wouldn't be surprised. Um, let's, do some, let's do some research now. Oh my gosh, listen to this. After a storm and strained vision in his dreams, the player begins fresh off a boat from a mainland prison in a town called Sednanen, freed by the pulling of the current. He's a prisoner. You're He's right. Prisoner. Every Beth- game Beth- is a prisoner. Beth- yeah, Bethesda, you need to move on. <laughs> Free them. Free them. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe they're just like the anti-hero. Maybe that's maybe that's it. But maybe the hero, the anti-hero could be someone that's ransacking a village and then gets attacked by a dragon. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sidetrack. Let's all be prisoners, and then we can be heroes because we were prisoners. Well, okay. They're very fond well, of the person starting off with nothing and then building towards heroism. So I get that. Yes, so, I mean, I don't know why they don't do what Fable did, make, make you an orphan and then start out with, you know, nothing and then build up to be a hero and have everything and or then waste all amnesia. the money. 
Oh yeah, you could have amnesia. You could be on the side of the road. You could be beaten and with nothing and have amnesia. See, yeah, you need to apply. You're you're graduating very soon. Apply to Bethesda and tell them you have a revolutionary idea. Start with that. Okay, prisoner. guys. I know I'm only new here, but maybe we should steer away from the prison. You're fired. <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. There you go. So let's 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 get back onto Skyrim. So a couple more things about it. So in this game, you've got Magicka, like you did in, um, like you did in Oblivion. You've got health, of course, of course, and you've got your stamina. But you have eight. Uh, it's because there's a new system um, here. Todd Howard has said that there is eight attributes and twenty-one skills. That was in Oblivion. Now you have 18 skills and three main attributes. So maybe that's um, a good thing. They're, they're streamlining it a little bit. Well, the good thing about the skills is, too, I mean, everything is just so beautifully designed in this game. I mean, you go into where you're choosing those, and instead of, like, a tree, like you'd imagine with a bunch of square boxes and stuff it's like that. constellations. Yeah, you're looking at the constellations in the sky, and each one's a constellation. You can go through the constellation tree, and each point of the star of the constellation is a new... Um, attribute and you can go through and, and there's I think they said like 30 over 30 uh, different types of weapons and things like that and each one rotates in 3D with full animations and, and as you choose it from your inventory you can favorite certain ones so that they can come up quicker um, when you're battling if you'd like to switch weapons you have favorites you can choose from rather than going back through your inventory and, and picking while you're being attacked um, you can also put magic in your hand, uh, and both hands together, if you hold the button longer, it makes a more powerful spell. Uh, there's first person view, and there's also, um, you kind of see your character running ahead of you as well. Now, see, what do you like? Because when I play, I've never, I've never played from a first person view where I was seeing out of the character's eyes. I've always played where I can see my character. I think for something like WoW, it's kind of, it's, it is kind of necessary, but, I think Oblivion and and Skyrim do it quite well. Like they've got the way that the, the world is set up, it sort of feels like you need to be first person. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got like the whole sword and shield thing, um, or you know, magic staff and spell. The way that you've got just you know your character's hands, it, it kind of feels right. Um, it is like prettier, I, I think, if you're looking at it. It's more. It's more like it's happening to you when you're looking at it first person. I yeah, mean, obviously, considering it's first person, but yeah, there's definitely more immersion there when you play first there person. You go. I think, yeah. So, um, I I definitely think that, um, well, when I play it, I I definitely play first person. But for any other game, I I feel that third person is probably the way to go. The weird thing um, in first person is that I feel like I'm in Bioshock. You know, where you have your hands suddenly appear in front of you, and it's odd to just see your hands there. Yeah, and this is like that too, where you could see your gauntlets suddenly appear or your shield in front of you, and that's just a little odd. But I guess that's how you have to do it if you're. I guess, but you know, I mean, you do have that option to play as third person. I just, I think I, I think the thing that puts me off is that some of the animations are a little bit weird. In like Oblivion, is it felt a little bit blocky or okay, roboty, and I was like, uh, it's not as smooth. I'm gonna go back in. See, if you're not third person, you don't get to see the amazing kill shot, too. I mean, there's a lot of moves that they've they've spent time animating for um, the dispatching of, of the enemies that you're on, that you have, which is also kind of neat to see. 
in third person. Well, that's that's remedied in Skyrim because you actually do get to see the awesome kill shot um, happen. Um, there's a couple of videos of them demonstrating that where they, you know, they bury an axe in a zombie's head and it's like the whole sort of slow motion or really action-y type feel to it. Um, okay. So and like they've they've remedied a lot of that stuff, and I think that's that's really good how they've taken some of the flaws or some of the missing elements that were as, that were in Oblivion, and then polished those out for for Skyrim. So you know we've got that instead of looking at I th- do you know what annoyed me the most? Oblivion had a really weird control scheme. Did you find that? Like it was tab to open up the journal. Mm-hmm. Yes. I was like. How do I get to my spells? And it was clicking everywhere, and I was like, ah, I hate this so much. <laughs> I like it when it's very simple, like inventory is I or journal would be J. I mean, it makes sense. You don't you don't look around. and Anything that's close to the WAD um, forward motion keys, like having tab, that was odd to me because, you know, you're trying to walk and open at the same time. It, it was very weird. Now, the thing so, about yeah. this game... It's also neat is that you're a dragonborn. I mean, you're a dragonborn character, which means you have the soul of a dragon. It also means that as you go throughout the world, every time you kill a dragon, you steal its soul, its essence, and you use that to be able to do um, these special skills, which I can't remember the name of them right now. Um, uh, it's like dragon shouts or something. Dragon shouts, that's it. You learn different words by reading uh, texts on the wall, and you take, you can pick which word you want, and then that word will give you certain uh, spells, you would almost call them spells, where you shout in the dragon language, and that has a uh, an effect. One of them is to slow time, another is to kind of push your enemies back into the wall. There's all sorts of neat ones I remember seeing, and and you can have three levels of each shout. So let's say you just really love slow time. You can get three different shouts of slow time of being more and more effective as you go through, which was also kind of neat. Oh, that's cool. I, I, I actually remember seeing some videos of... Um, I'm trying to remember who the person was that was actually doing the the video. But they did. Um, they got a dragon shout, which um, I think was Stormcall. Mm. And while he's battling this dragon, he uses the shout, and the next thing you know, the entire weather has changed, and it's a, a thunderstorm, and this dragon is being struck by lightning, and you know he's shooting a bow at it, and ice is falling from the sky, and you know. So then a group of other AI people come up, and they start attacking the dragon as well, and I was like, oh my god, this is epic, <laughs> cool. So you know, I was, I I was really surprised, and hopefully. I'm praying to God or the gods that they fix the AI because one of the things that really broke oblivion for me was that um, I was in the arena in the main city, I don't remember what it's called, and I accidentally clicked my mouse, which then pulled my sword out and hit a guy in the head oh, with it. Oh no, and the guards. And the guards then attacked me through the wall. <laughs> They're like, hey, you! Hands coming out of wall. I'm oh, like, no! No, no, no. And then I. And then I was beaten half to death by every other gladiator in the arena. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah let's hope and, that they fix that. And that that sort of really <laughs> broke the game for me. I was like, oh, no, I didn't even mean to hit the person. And, you know, there's, like, no forgiveness in it, mm-hmm. which was kind of sad. But, it's, I, I mean, I guess they were sort of going for realism there. I mean, if you went and you hit someone in the face with your sword in real <laughs> life, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be, it's okay, man, don't worry about it. You didn't. 
do it on purpose. No, there's none of that. They would. I'm pretty sure that they would stab you. It could be like a like The Witcher, where you just buy them off. Though <laughs> there's like I think I think that's the game it was, where you just uh, yeah. you can buy them off and you can bribe yeah. guards and then they won't continue to follow yeah, you. Yeah, that or you use your little um, sign to to influence them. Yeah, or you leave the city for a short time and then come back and they've forgotten all about it. <laughs> <laughs> like, who are you? Right. No You've problem. never been here before. Anyway. So, yeah, what else do we need to talk about with Skyrim? Um, just I remember uh, one of the ways that you can change your character's focus, I guess you'd say, is there are different stones you can come across in the world. Um, a set uh, of four yeah, stones. That's... I forget what they're called as well, but uh, you can pick them. One is like a, a weapon upgrade. One is uh, you know, different kinds of like a stamina, other things. And that way you can kind of level your character's attributes that you're interested in by using these stones. You're only allowed to pick one. And you can use that one, and it will change a, a stat on your character. And that yes, I remember that. Yeah, the the standing stones. So standing there are stones. thirteen, there are thirteen of them throughout the world, um, and you can change them. So you can pick. You basically get thirteen sort of buffs, I guess you could say. Yes. Um, and you can select one from each of of the the groups. And I think that's really cool because it's like taking the the whole. Um, the the star sign, you know, thing that they had in Oblivion, but making it more applicable on a on a on a grander scale. Like it's you're not just stuck with this one birth sign. You actually can change uh-huh. it up depending on how you want to how you want to play, which I think is cool. It is cool. Well, either way, looking forward to it, and that comes out comes out the eleventh of the eleventh of the eleventh. <laughs> yes. Serendipitously, it comes out the 11th of the 11th of the 11th. And, you know, a surprise for me is that uh, because we had purchased uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the collector's edition, which is a bit pricey, um, I figured I'd have to wait quite a while to play this game, but apparently Tenzin pre-ordered it for me and didn't uh, tell me it was supposed to be a surprise. So it's coming this week. And uh, cool. surprise for me. Yay! So I'll get to play so- well, there's, there's some news right there in Star Wars, um, bringing it out, but they're not releasing any service for Australia until later on. You're not going to get to play? They won't release Star um, Wars Old Republic to you? No, no, they'll, they'll release Star Wars, but I don't know whether I want to play or not if there aren't going to be any Australian servers. Yes, that's a good point. Uh, well, it doesn't stop you, though, in World of Warcraft. It doesn't, but then again, the, the servers were more refined. When I started playing back then, all they had were... Um, American servers, and they only had American servers for so long. And this is like sort of where was sort of like the first MMO that I ever got to play. So I wasn't really too concerned about it. But now that I know lots about, you know, ping and you know connections and servers and all that sort of jazz, um, I I feel I'd feel bad if I went onto a an, onto an American server because again I have that problem where people are going to be offline while I'm online so I won't get to really group up with people um, mm-hmm. and you do want to quest with everyone else to get those I, uh, yeah I, I would really like to have some social interaction that would that would be nice instead of getting on at like 3am American time and everyone's <laughs> asleep very true or spamming right well I'm a little concerned about that as well because not the server aspect but uh, I mean we did pre-order this in the understanding that we would get to play the beta and you know it's now 
the you know second week in November and no beta. And what are they going to do? Wait till like three days before the release in December and allow us to and allow us to play? I think that's kind of not good. If they not if they do that. what they do, if they do what they did with the uh, not they, but if they follow the same sort of model that Aeon did back 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 one year ago. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> back back one they, year ago, so far back, so far back. Um, they they did this thing where it was basically um, gave you early access to the game. So um, they would op- they opened the servers early to people that had pre-ordered the game. So you, you got like an extra, you got like a two day head start on on the rest of the public. <laughs> Woohoo! So I mean that that may end up being what they do instead of the whole pre you know play beta and then have to restart your character. You might get early access. Mm. Well, we'll see. That probably won't make me all that excited if that's the case. Um, considering you're playing, you're paying quite a lot for the pre-order. But what they do, we'll have to find out and wait and see. On that subject, what do, do what do you intend to play? Dark side or light side? And Jedi or? See, I want to do them all, and I will do them all over time. Um, I'll probably go neutral first, and, uh, hmm, I'm kind of torn between the smuggler and, um, the consular, so I don't know. I, again, I have not planned this out in detail because I want to be surprised when I go in and kind of pick whatever moves me at the moment, um, but it depends. A lot of my friends are, are getting together as an entire guild, getting on, and, uh, it depends how they go, I guess, so that we can do quests together. Well, we'll have to see. I mean, I'm going to go and probably inquire about Star Wars The Old Republic, and who knows, maybe I'll end up playing on one of the American servers. Oh, good. Well, let me know if you do. Because I haven't heard any news. That's the big thing, is that they're marketing it, but I've heard no news in EB Games or Game Australia about Star Wars The Old Republic being released at all, which worries me. Yeah, you. it's quite a following over here where, you know, there's constantly news being released every day and people are getting very excited and kind of finding leaked out information and such. And the fact that they're not pushing it in Australia is not a good sign for you. No, it's not. And I mean, it's hard enough that we're not getting like, and, and you know what the worst part is? It's not even because it's, um, because of a rating thing. It's just, I don't know what it is. It's just mystery. Hmm. I need to call Scooby-Doo. <laughs> Maybe they know those crazy kids that there's not going to be a server in Australia, so they don't want to tease you. Maybe, but at the same time, I would really, really like to play it. I've been looking forward to it for about a year. Hmm. Okay, the third in the games that we happen to be reviewing with the word Sky in it, kind of ironically, Skylander Spyro Adventure Review. And like I told you, I'm now going to change the name of the podcast to A Trifecta of Sky, because I just can't deny the fact that everything coming out recently has the word sky in it. The sky is falling! <laughs> yes. The paycheck is falling. <laughs> Too many sky games. Too many games in general. I'm running out of money. Uh, yeah, agreed. My dad dad came downstairs the other day and he said, you, you have to stop be- uh, buying games. Save money. I've got no money left now. Because I just bought, <laughs> sky- <laughs> I bought Skyrim. I bought uh, what other games came out. You know, <sighs> so many. So many. Batman. Yes. All that. Well, this game, uh, the more I've reviewed it, doesn't seem to have a really massive plot in any way. It's just supposed to be good because it's co-op. Apparently, it's a tale about saving the world from an evil sorcerer, and that's the plot that I can discover. That's it, really. Yes. 
Yes, the, the, you have to save Skyland from chaos. Chaos, <laughs> being, chaos being the army that is invading Skyland. Okay, and the other interesting thing is that there's not actually Spyro. I mean, Spyro is in it, but no one actually ever says the word Spyro. They just call him Skylander. So <laughs> it's kind of misleading in the sense that you expect, you know, that it would be more about Spyro, but no one ever says the word Spyro. So they say. From um, from what I've heard, this game is pretty much like League of Legends, but for kids. Okay, so the co-op is is the good thing, and the voice acting, which I heard, is also very good. Yes. And everyone loves the Portal of Power, which I kind of think is neat too. I like that the figurines that you put on the portal, and I guess they they enter the game once you set them on the portal. Is that how that works? That that's it. Um, that they're actually save games. Now, I do wonder how fragile, because, you know, everybody has their their stick, you know, drive and, and all that stuff, and you don't really generally run around with your hard drive, your little portable hard drive, and, and like, slam it into things or make it fly around the room or whatnot. But I bet you that every one of these figurines is going to be used in some sort of uh, child playtime, and I wonder how well they're going to hold up to the... Well, from the looks of things, the way that they're, they're designed, they're designed that, you know, this is this is uh, something that that will happen, you know. That it is very, very focused at, you know, a very young market. So these figurines and these, you know, toys, uh, they look quite durable. Um, I don't fully understand the technology between how it registers from the figurine to the to the portal of power but i do know as much as that there's a microchip or whatever the case may be in the base of the actual model and you know that that base looks quite thick so i don't think that you know we have too much to worry about in regards to kids playing around with it i mean i don't think the, if the model gets broken in any way that it's going to impact on whether the card is is read by the portal of power or not so okay well that's good thinking and i like how it glows when you set it on the portal kind of neat yes yes that's really cool that's power like it's full of power yes it glows with power but they are limited power <laughs> well somewhat limited and i've heard people say that uh, they get very attached to these characters and and have been known to yank them off the portal if they're in danger of dying because they don't want that saved on the character Apparently, if your character dies, you lose some stats or something like that, and it's also saved on it. So they, they snatch it off the portal before it gets killed. Well, I think the other interesting thing is is that before it gets killed, you can take the, you can switch switch a character out. So you know, someone disappears, and you you put someone else on there. Like I don't know. Oh, Pokemon! It's like Pokemon. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Withdraw one, put That's down right. another. So. Uh, I've been told when you snatch them off of the portal, the reason you do that is because if they die in the game, they have to wait for rested XP, which is like 20 minutes apparently. So that's, I guess, why they try to save their character. I yep. guess it's a really interesting business model as well because it means that you've got to go out and you've got to buy all these figurines and models to put onto your portal of power. So you're spending upwards of, oh, you know, God knows. 100. Well, they're $10 about a figure and they come in packs of three for 20 but the initial starter kit is 70 bucks, and there are well, there 29 go. characters to collect. So can you imagine the, the cash you could lay down for this? So se I think 70 bucks comes with the Portal of Power, the game, and three figures, right? Right, and you're looking at like another $290 if you want all the other characters, right? 
Yeah, well, if we subtract if we subtract three from the, the twenty nine, there's still another two hundred and sixty dollars that you need to spend on Skylanders, mm-hmm. Skylander figure eights. So two hundred and sixty plus seventy is three hundred and ten dollars. You could buy no, a new not. console just to play this game, with, right? With so this this is this is almost the cost of one of the new Xboxes, right? Yep. So next, one of the new Xboxes is four hundred dollars. Then, <laughs> looking at this, you can also buy adventure packs. Uh-huh. Which expand, which expand the locations, like one location pieces and two magic items, and you you place them on the on the portal of power to expand the game world. So you have miniature expansions that you put onto the portal of power, which will also cost you money. But That's, think about um, this though: you can take that character, and this is the neat part, and go over to your friend's house, and regardless of if they're on a PS3, if they're on a Wii, whatever. You can stick your character on their portal and it will appear in their game. So it's not, it's either you have all the characters and you spend a lot of money, or you have a lot of friends who have various characters and you plan it out well so that you can go over to their house and play and then you'll have all the different things to unlock um, the game because you'll have friends with those characters. It's it's very optimistic, though. I mean, <laughs> I need twenty nine friends. I need them I need right 20, now. I need twenty nine friends. I don't have twenty nine friends. <laughs> I've got I've got like two. Yeah, I don't have twenty nine. Two, two very lousy friends. <laughs> and will they buy the game so they can play and with if, you? If you're listening to this, friends, you know, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this, you better get your butt out there and buy a Spyro character. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I want for Christmas? Buy me Spyro figurines. <laughs> yeah, little kids want dolls, grown-ups want Spyro figurines. There we go, the new toy for all ages right now. So, I think, I guess, in the in the, in the long run for Skylanders, I mean, it looks very, very interesting. Um, it's a really good concept that they've got there. Um, I think... I guess there's ver- there's a lot of repeatable gameplay as well. I mean, uh, there are lots of arenas and stuff that you can play with friends, like versus and co-op and whatnot. So it doesn't really get boring, and you've got so many characters that you can combine into the game. Um, and achievements, just, it, don't forget the and it, achievements. Yeah, yeah, achievements are always fun. You can always whore out on achievements. That's right. Apparently, every figure adds bonuses to the other figures that are in the game. So you really do kind of want more than one, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I wonder what happens to you. Ha- what, what happens if you have all the figurines and you just put, like, four of them at once and you're a single player? You turn into a giant robot that forms Voltron and then you beat the game with your awesomeness. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Bre- breaks the portal of power that come to life. <laughs> That's right. The portal of power cannot contain you. I c- I c- cannot contain so much power. Get the job, go. Anyway, yeah. Well, there we go. Okay. So yeah, it looks pretty interesting, and you know, I may end up getting it. <laughs> Start collecting friends now. All right. But yes. Anything uh, you want to say that you didn't get to say because we're getting close to closing? No, I think I've said everything that I need to say. Um, besides. Batman Arkham City, awesome game, finished it. <laughs> I thought you'd be excited. I was very excited. Um, I actually finished it, and I'm working on all the Riddler stuff at the moment. So, I mean, there's plenty of content there. and I mean, if you haven't bought Arkham City yet, I would suggest that you do so. Very good. 
a big thank you to Dragonitis, and you can find him on Twitter at GrimWizard, G-R-Y-M, Wizard, or listen to him on Death Before Dishonor, uh, the podcast, DeathDeforeDishonor.com. If you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email me your questions, advice, or suggestions to genesegray at yahoo.com or if you'd like to join the Minecraft server. <laughs> Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode. <laughs>